Hello and welcome to My Next Guest Needs an Introduction. In this series, I'm going to be interviewing up-and-coming band members, artists and musicians, and hopefully introducing you to your next favourite artist, band or song. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Casper Sandstrom. Casper is the guitarist for the post-punk band Do Nothing. Do Nothing is fronted by Chris Bailey, has Charlie Howarth on bass and Andrew Harrison on drums. I've been listening to those four guys make music together for a long time now. I think ever since they started making music together. And in that time they've gone through a name change and also changed their style of music drastically. So I spoke to Casper about what it was like to change name and also about the success that they've gotten so far and a few of the stuff in between. Make sure to stay and listen till the end because I'll be playing Do Nothing's new single, Glue Land, at the end of this podcast. So you've got that to look forward to. Hello to anyone and everyone who's listening. My name's Saka Conquo and I'm joined this week by Casper Sandstrom. How you doing, Casper? You all right? I'm good, Zach. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. I got the name that time. You got it. It Third took time me lucky. three goes. <laughs> that's what it's like when people say my name yeah you know what i mean they just they just get it wrong all the time yeah we're in the same boat yeah i mean you should hear sometimes when i get calls like cold calls they'll say is this mr okonka nonka and i'm like yeah that's close enough yeah that'll do i just i just have to stop them because it just it just becomes like a a thing yeah but yeah yeah anyway anyway now, now that i got through that ordeal well done the first kind of question i wanted to ask you right like I, I've been reading a few interviews of you guys this week because I thought I'd do my research and whatnot. And I, I've heard you talk about past bands that you were in together as in you were under different names and you're playing different music. And I've been listening to your guys' music as like a collective for years now. Yeah. What interested me the most is like the way that you talk about that past stuff. And I don't want to say what your, your band name used to be because I've noticed you, you guys never say it. We don't. So I'm assuming you don't want people to know. So I won't say what it is. But thank you. Well, I read that Chris explained it as boring music in Do Nothing that you're all in now. Are you are you trying on purpose to to not sound like you used to? You know, you know what I mean. Fighting that kind of idea of you being pretty or something or, or being or being simple is that something you do on purpose? Well, I think um, with the old band, which you won't mention the name, um, it was all like we were like 17, 18 when we started that band. And we were like, our what we were listening to at the time was like totally different to what we're listening to now. Um, it was a lot more like dreamy, like post-rock, like cigarettes sort of stuff. Um, and then as we went on through that band, we started listening to that sort of music less and less. So I think it was less of a reaction to our own music, like less of a like, we should like sack that off and do the complete opposite. It was just like that we'd stopped listening to it and stopped being like informed by that kind of music at all. Um and listening to more like sort of sharper, um, like angular, angrier stuff. But I think like the thing that we wanted to go for initially was like more simplicity actually. Like, mm. cause in that old band, there was layers and layers of like all kinds of stuff and reverb forever and things like that. Um, <laughs> I remember that. So you just wanted to like really simple, simplify things. Um, which I think has worked in our favor, both it's so much more fun to play live now. Uh, people, uh, or like getting on board with it much easier. I think it's a little bit more accessible, even though it's still a bit like 
spooky that's spooky music yeah yeah i see what you mean because that's what a lot of people say though isn't it when you start writing like more like yourself that's when people engage with it more like when you're more honest with what you think and and what you believe in and it's interesting you said that because another question that came to my mind um when i was reading the interviews and hearing what you said about your, your previous band the band that won't be named um is is that like did you all change at the same time then did all your tastes change together or was one person like i still think that stuff's cool man like why do you know what i mean or is it all do you all just switched at the same time it, it was a slow <coughs> excuse me it was a slow a, a slow um like degradation into hating the music we were making sort of thing <laughs> like uh we just like slowly start but like i think because because we'd started in that sort of way we were like well we've got to keep doing that because that's what the fans want which we had no fans there was no like there was no one to adhere to um so we could have done whatever we wanted but like it just felt right to like sort of cut it at the time that we did that makes a lot of sense and that's something else that i read what you guys were saying because you said it was lucky that you were able to cut your teeth basically in nottingham because it's a smaller scene before anyone really heard you or anything like that so you could always have like you know your first impression to the world wasn't that basically yeah exactly like you can make the mistakes that you make in like a relatively like relatively out of the spotlight which like which you which you do anyway in a band like you always play the small, smaller stages like no one's coming to the shows no one's listening to the music and whatever um but having had like four years of playing together it meant that like when we came back as do nothing it was like oh there's the whole they're like the whole package already like they're already tight they're already got some songs um so it just like gives a chance to like so I guess hit the ground running with with like being in a band because I think you need to these days because everyone's everyone's doing it and sure. so many bands and so many artists around so it's really tough to sort of break break in so I think that gave us a, a helping hand yeah for sure that makes a lot of sense and or and also the music it is quite unique in itself as well I mean I'm sure that helped and something else that I was thinking when you're just saying that then is uh, remind me of something else I was thinking when you, when you first came out as do nothing when you said you're going to change your name and I remember seeing, seeing that and thinking yo a bit risky isn't it because like even though you just said then like oh we didn't have that many fans and stuff like that i was thinking yeah but you, you have some do you know what i mean and a, yeah. a change like that is is a big thing so we're not worried at all no uh we were initially like worried about it um but we sort of like, the more we spoke to people sort of in in the industry about the idea of it like because we we like we basically like stepped away from our managers that we had as well like not because they were bad or anything just because we wanted like a fresh clean clean slate but like we were like do you think it's a good idea and they were like man like you the engagement you're getting in the minute is like minimal like for us it was huge it was like getting like a few thousand players on spotify and stuff and we were like that's loads of people listening to our music but like in the grand scheme it's actually not very much at all and because we, we knew we wanted to do it but we were just like we weren't happy with the old name we weren't happy with the music we were like let's just get a fresh start and so that made it a bit less scary i think yeah that makes a lot of sense still seems really brave to me though man because like i always think that like about people who go to university and then like decide that's not the degree they want to do and they drop out and stuff and i'm like yo are you sure you want to do that like i'm always just thinking that like it just i just always think that's a scary thing like, all the work you've put in but i guess it, it definitely paid off yeah. which is that i think is a great thing i think it's a great thing and i think you guys sound much better i don't think i've had i think i've had maybe I had one chance to see you under do nothing yeah and other, other than that i haven't i haven't seen you guys it was a real shame because of this whole covid and all that nonsense because i was able to see you as the other guys loads yeah i don't want to talk about that too much <laughs> i don't spend all this time talking about that stuff but yeah i i think i think your stuff's sounding great man i think it's sounding really cool and 
what, something else that I was interested in asking was Nottingham obviously is a small scene like we've already just discussed mm-hmm. and you're saying you, know, you cut your teeth there and you, you know it's good for like a small band but yeah. how did you break out of that because I was playing in a band, bands in Nottingham you know albeit like I don't really know what I was doing back then do you know what I mean I still don't know what I'm doing now I don't want to say like I do but like I was I was playing all those like same kind of clubs that you were and I'm just wondering how you got like out of that rut because if you were stuck in that rut as the previous band how did you get out of it? Was it more that you believed in the music more? You felt like you had more to say in it? Or was it just you had a bit more of a like, tactical understanding of the industry as a whole? I think all, like, all of the above, really. Like, um, I think we we learned that um, playing shows, playing all the shows, you don't have to do it. You don't have to play every single show you get offered because lots of them will be bit crap like uh something will be great but it's always it's great when you're like early on in a band to like go and do that and like to learn and to understand how the live scene works like meet new people and stuff like that which is amazing but i think for us the second time around with do nothing we would try to be a bit more selective and i think trying sort of trying to be to be more ready when we went in like i said like with hitting the ground running and stuff like already having some songs ready to go um and already like being like really tight live helped a lot um but the one thing that really that really helped us break out was our song handshakes when we released that we released that with flex records which is a a local nottingham label it's like three people who, who run it basically um and they had some contacts at spotify and they managed to get handshakes onto a playlist and that was like the start of it, really. Like that's how, well, I guess that's how people at Spotify heard it. And then that's how like managers and stuff heard it. And we, we played a show in London. I think it was our first like headline show in London. And a couple of managers came down to meet us. And we ultimately decided on our current manager, Mike Watson, who is absolute legend. Um, yeah. Like, and so like getting on a playlist as as sucky as it is, is really important because <laughs> like you don't want to have to sort of adhere to these algorithms and whatever, but it really helps. Um, and then having a manager also really helps because he's been in the industry for a long while and he knows what he's doing. He's got contacts. He knows sort of, he knows better than us when to say no, when to say yes and what to do and what not to do. So he's been a really great guiding hand throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So it seems the whole thing's really just maturity then. Yeah. As you, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as you got older and understood more that you wanted and also having that kind of guidance and things like that, yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's a shame about, I know it's a shame about all the algorithms and stuff like that, but you've just got to play the game, haven't you? It's just all part of it, which is, and that's the interesting side, isn't it? You know, because yeah. music is the fun bit and then all the other stuff is the fit. You yeah. know, like doing, you know what I mean? Because I, I always think that, and I was saying this in the previous podcast, you know, when you get in front of the people, that's the easy bit, the fun bit. Yeah. But all the practice and all the and all the negotiations and all that stuff is, the, you know, stuff that the people don't really see that much. Yeah. And like Andy, our drummer, Andy always says, like, when we're like sitting around all on computers, like doing social media posts and stuff, and he's like, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this when I, start, I wanted to start a band. Like, this isn't what I was dreamt of. Uh, like sitting in the back of a van, like trying to pay five pounds so people can say see your Facebook post. I was listening. I've been listening to your stuff, obviously, for ages now, for years. And I was listening to it this week, and you know, thinking more about you because obviously, when I'm listening, you can hear it, it's all a collective. It's a collective sound. Yeah. But what I notice about your, I'm guessing it is your part writing, though. If Chris writes the songs, though, right? You still you still write your parts, don't you? Not necessarily. Not ne- not all the time. Not necessarily. Uh, we've moved sort of more to where Chris just pretty much writes all of it 
because yeah. he's like a weird genius man and he can just like do it all the bass all the guitar um andy andy usually like rewrites the drums because chris just like programs some drums yeah and then andy will do his sort of take on that um and me and charlie will sometimes like change little bits here and there but for the most part it's like good it's like it's good and like you don't yeah. want to mess with something that's already pretty good unless you like get struck with a, an amazing idea it's like this has to be in the song yeah because the parts are really good like what well, what i wanted to say on that when i was listening and thinking about it like in a musical sense is that there's like the way that the, your guitar like interjects is almost like it's another voice like mm. you're saying something else like in between what he's saying or it's all and it sounds like you as a collect like all you guys as a collective are almost like shouting the same thing if that makes sense okay. like you're all trying to get the same point across that's what it felt like when i was listening in the more of like an analytical way that's and cool. also that it's just got the right amount of dissonance in your part and like aggression to like do you know what i mean to pull it like away from that kind of pretty sound that's why i wanted to, that's why i asked you at first like yeah whether you actively are trying to fight what you used to be because it's just so at some part times it gets close to it then it just gets so ugly again with that kind of dissonance yeah i love love dissonance that was like this almost the building blocks of do nothing really was like find a nice chord and then just like make it look horrible <laughs> you do you guys do that a lot and with the lead lines as well and you know the main song where that sticks out to me on your ep that just came out recently guys if you want to check that out it came out in april also new single out today thank you please let's call yeah. blue lens out now. thank you very much <laughs> Yeah, I checked that out as well. I'll have to talk about that. But before we talk about that is um, what stuck out to me on the EP when it comes to that kind of dissonance is on the song Contraband. Yeah. And I don't know if you want to explain the story behind that because I read about that as well. I don't know if you want to say a, a bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so, again, uh, Chris wrote that whole one. Um, I think I might have added some parts in the studio. But, uh, yeah, he wrote the whole song. Um, and we generally, like... Uh, Chris isn't very like open to giving us like what the what the meaning of a song is because like he's really it's like it is what it, it means what it means for you sort of thing. But because I don't ever really sit and analyze our own songs because I don't know things a bit weird. And then one day he told me that the song was about me, <laughs> um, and I was like, and I'd been like singing harmonies on this song for like the best part of like six months, and I was like, I didn't realize I was singing about myself. Um, but yeah, I, I basically, um, I had, uh, I was at a party and I uh, took something that was laced with fentanyl um, and like almost died pretty much. Uh, spent like three days in, no, two days in hospital. I can't really remember anything about it. Um, but yeah, don't do drugs. It's bad for you. Yeah, um, yeah. I learned it the hard way. Jesus, I didn't know it was that serious. I want to smile when I asked the question at first then. No, it's I, I, deep. Yeah, because when I read that, yeah, I mean, no, I'm glad you felt comfortable enough to share that. But because when I read it, just said that you were in hospital. I thought maybe you had your stomach pumped, but I didn't know it was something that serious. Jesus. Yeah, it was, it was bad news. Um, and so, yeah, so I think, I think the song's more about, it's, well, it's not necessarily about me, but it's about that sort of experience and about what kind of person you have to be to cut things with like stuff that can kill people. Because, like, yeah. um, I mean, obviously, dumb to do illegal drugs anyway. Um, but I've obviously stopped that now so that, from learning that lesson. Um, mm. But, yeah, it's just interesting, like, that, like, capitalism and people, like, trying to, like, make a quick book will just do that and not think about the consequences. 
Yeah, that, that's what struck me the most when I was reading actually about what each song was about. Like again, I didn't know it was it was that serious, but when it was it was from that perspective and that idea, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So what did it feel like when he told you that was about you? Was it strange? It was a bit strange. It was it, like it was it was only really strange because I'd been singing the words as well. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh. And then as soon as he said that, I was like, oh yeah, it, it is. <laughs> that makes those more sense now. Um, but yeah, no, it's like, it's. I think it's quite nice. I yeah. almost like to. I think every songwriter writes from their own experiences, and that was obviously quite a big thing that happened to me. And us all being really good friends, like obviously had an effect on them as well. So it was almost quite nice that I was the topic of a song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think I think it's really nice, and I think I think it's a I think it's a great song. I think it's a really strong song song on, on that on that record. It's actually one of my favorites to play live. Yeah, I, I can imagine because because like the the part this is really really nice. Like the lead line and the dissonance and all that stuff that comes in the guitar part. It's, it really is like another voice, especially on that track. I think yeah. it's really impressive. Thank you. Ah, mate, any time. Don't you worry about it. So, something that I'm interested in hearing as well is like, I'm kind of ducking in and out of things now, but something I'm really interested in hearing about is what the process was like for you to get to where you are now, though, because like, we spoke about it earlier and you're saying it as if it was like a stepping stone thing, but it must not have been that easy. And, with, with, and what brought me my, my mind to that is that you talking about each other and, you know, Chris writing that song about your experience and stuff. It reminded me of how long you guys have known each other. Yeah, long, and, long time. You know, and after all those years, did you not feel like giving up? But after the feel like, you know, oh, I was about to say what the name of the one was. <laughs> I was so close. I was so close to saying it. No, I'm not going to say what the name was. But when you were in that last band, did you not think, a bit of you think, oh, maybe it's time just to, you know, turn it in? Yeah, for sure. Um, cause like I got, I, um, I got into uni when I was, when I, when I just turned 18, uh, but then I was like, I'll defer it for a year to try and do band stuff. And then like year after year, it was always like the first year was like, oh, we got management. It's like, okay, well we got to do it for another year. And then the second year we played Glastonbury. We were like, well, we got, this is the big time now. Um, and obviously it wasn't, um, I just think we had like, because we'd already been doing it for a few years and we were enjoying, like we, we knew that we had more to give um, than what we'd been doing. We knew that like where, where we were, where we were at at the time wasn't where we wanted to be. So we were like, I feel like if we left it there, it would have been a bit disappointing for us personally, not like necessarily for anybody else, but like, I feel like we, we knew we had more to say. So we wanted to, to come out and say it. And now we have, and now people are listening to what we're saying a little bit. Which is real nice. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, the response seems to be really positive. I never really, I, you know, what's weird is that, like, I never really noticed how much like people liked your stuff because I just always liked it. Do you know what I mean? And I was just always going to listen regardless. Yeah. And then I, and then I saw you going on like tours and stuff, and like other people are listening, and I'm like, it's about time. But it's also just like, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel strange either, if that makes sense. Like, do you have that feeling that it's all been natural? Like, because it sounds like the, like the journey is, is has been quite progressive. Has nothing. Has anything shocked you basically on your way? Um, I don't think so. I don't not like not like anything I can pick out because it's because it is so like you said like progressive and like a slow process. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's all been just like really nice, like a nice like, like we're not we're by no means like famous or a big band or anything, but like so like it is quite like an incremental 
thing. But there's always like exciting new stuff that's happening. Like our new single Glue Land got played exclusive. Like it was the first play on Six Music, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that. That's that is pretty wild. It and is. I've seen that you've made their like B list quite a few times now as well. Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're really great for championing 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 smaller bands. Um, and I think once once they sort of have started championing, you, as long as you keep making decent songs, they're going to keep doing it. Hopefully, unless you put out some like real, real like trash. Which there's still time for us to do yet. Oh, there's always a downfall at some point, isn't it? You heard Foo Fighters' new stuff. I, I I haven't, and I don't care to. Yeah, it's horrible. That's what I'm trying to say. You heard Muse's new stuff. Horrible. Do you know what I mean? There's always time for a downfall. Don't worry. I'm sure you'll. I'm sure you'll have that as well. We'll get that. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years or so. Maybe like next year, we'll just start making like I don't know what. You never know. So onto that new single then. How how did that come about then? Did you have that all? recorded before like lockdown and all the craziness no it was uh so that while that song was written in lockdown by chris um and then when when the sort of the first lockdown ended or was it coming to an end we got in the practice room and like learned all the parts and like sort of tried to figure out how it would work to record it and we booked in to a studio in bristol uh with a producer called ali chant who's an amazing producer and he produced the song so we did that in at the end of july august start of august whenever the first lockdown ended we were in the studio pretty quick um and it was really nice to like get back well to see the guys again obviously and then also just to like get being productive again it felt like after having done nothing for so long but not intended um <laughs> we I were like just that. like nice to like slip in and like get cracking on something so soon and there is some more stuff coming soon as well, but I can't say anything more than that. Oh, look I think. at that. It's, it, you heard it here first. Oh, I'm <laughs> saying that, but I, I hope that's an exclusive. It is. It doesn't, also, it doesn't really mean anything. I just said new stuff is coming soon. And also, we are, I have no idea who's going to be listening to this. I'm telling you <laughs> that right now. I haven't even posted any of these yet, so I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. That was exciting. Yeah, it is quite exciting. We'll see, though. We'll see. <laughs> I think it's so cool, like, you know, with you and your band and stuff, being able to express yourself like that, like, I, I really miss being part of something now. Because before I was busy yeah. and I was doing loads of stuff, so I didn't really have time to, like, miss stuff or think about it. But, like, I, I really miss, like, having people and, like, making stuff that you really care about. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of same, like, because we haven't been, like, we literally went into the studio and then we were back to work and we haven't really been practicing because there's nothing to practice for. So there's not, like... We still have been doing it, like just to sort of get ideas together and stuff. But um, yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. weird. It's a very strange time. But it's it is, it is what it is. it is. It's hard when there's no incentive, is there? Like you know, because especially that that you guys have had all that like that you know success. And I would say it was success. Like I think I think you've you've done really well. Like compared to other people I know around me, you know, I I know a lot of people who try and do what you do or trying to put out music. And like for you to get as yeah. far as you are, I think it's I think it's great. But I think the music's great as well, so I think it deserves it. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's really like it's um I think success is is a good word because like we are like sticking our head up above like a certain level. Like we're definitely on to like the next sort of step. Um but obviously there's like a long way to go before you're like a world dominating rock star man. 
but they also don't know if that's where I want to be. Yeah, well, now we're on to that, actually. Like, what what are your, like, your personal goals, you know, maybe for the band and for yourself? Yeah, um, well, I think none, none of us want to be, like, super rich, famous, obviously, like, would be nice. <laughs> like, it wouldn't, obviously, it would be nice. Like, I'd love to have, like, a, a jacuzzi and a kitchen island and stuff, but, like... Oh, you're thinking, you're thinking large there, aren't you? Man, a jacuzzi yeah. and a kitchen island. Have you never? Have you ever seen someone with a kitchen island who isn't absolutely loaded? Do you know what? When you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so kitchen island is the big is the dream. Um, but like realistically, I would love just to be able to make a living off music. Yeah. Um, like, in fact, I'll tell you my my personal dream for me is um, I still I still want to go to uni uh, to study chiropractic. Is what I initially got into study years ago now, um, which is like a four-year course. Um, so, like, ideally, it'd be like do a couple of albums, tour them, then go to uni, and then like in the summertime, like play festivals and stuff while I'm studying. And after that, I'd be self-employed, so I could work for like six months of the year, and then for the other six months, do music stuff. Oh, that's great! Like, I didn't know that you like that's what you got in, in like info on, and that makes that's like a really good realistic like goal, I think, because you could get. To, yeah. I think you could definitely get to that point where you you can choose when you go on tour, basically, or when you when you do your stuff. Totally. Yeah. And like being self-employed on the other side as well makes it so much easier. You can just be like, well, I'm doing this fun thing instead of treating patients or whatever. But um, yeah, that's that's like the the dream. But like semi not realistically it would be great just to like spend all my time doing music and make a living off that but i think it's just a bit um a bit difficult yeah but you never know yeah it is difficult especially when you try and do your own stuff i do a lot of what i like to call selling my soul music where i play what i'm told and i just shut up i sit i just shut up and then you just do what you're told and you play those weddings and you just play in silence and sometimes it's really fun because like you see they're enjoying it they're happy but sometimes it does destroy your your soul is dying so is that anything you is that something that you'd ever think of like crossing into like, like more session. session work yeah uh yeah it's not i've not really thought about it that much because i sort of have my hands full with with do nothing um yeah, if, if ever, like, we ever went our separate ways or, like, if we were took a break or anything like that, like, I think I'd probably, I'd probably miss the music world too much to, to, la- to leave it. Um, but I also, I don't know if I'm, um, if I'm accomplished enough as a, to be a session musician, but also you just got to practice, I guess. Like, cause I, I basically only play the songs that we have some, like, muscle memories is, is there. Bro, if you, listen, if I can do that, you can definitely do that. And I don't know why I'm saying like I'm some big time session musician, like I'm in LA or something recording for Michael Jackson or some nonsense. Do you know what I mean? But, like I was saying is, <laughs> I've literally got no product projects. That's why I'm doing this. I think, I think you know, you guys have, have like, like we said, I've already said, like I'll keep on saying it. I think you guys have done really well and I'm really pleased for you. Yeah, I'm pleased for us too. Yeah. I appreciate your pleased, pleasedness. Don't you worry about it. Well, I guess we'll leave it there. Um, I really appreciate that, Casper. That was great. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Cool. As promised, here's Glueland by Do Nothing.
just dying for a bite to eat There's something weird going on out there, man I'm going round in circles like a little baby In a glass of water all the way to Blue Line That man in the middle If it happens now There will be no one at the wheel I know it She said I came all this way Just to be a sunbed I was made in the shade What's with all of this noise You cut your pretty blonde hair Man, we were like twins Swimming around in the oil Like a little baby in a glass of water 